situations very critical i need a miracle i keep it real and sometimes i'll be spiritual i need a bag and a bag of medicinal i just be praying i don't need that pistol i pray a lot on a lot of the issue fuck all that stretching you know that it's killing i need a bag i just need a million i got three kids she might need a pistol hello everyone and welcome to the first ever episode of worst take on falcons for those of you that don't already know brian and i from my co-host is out and we're the admins of the atl falcons uk instagram we know that we have for about a month, um, but the last month of Worst Take offered us a great opportunity to become a podcaster and all that. Um, we put it out for our followers and got some great feedback, and here we are today. Uh, with this being our third podcast, uh, even though it's the best of us, it's probably going to stutter and pause constantly, but we'll, uh, we'll take it as we come. If you're from America or anywhere other than the UK, you might know this, but we have dodgy accents. Uh, we're both from a small town called Bury, which is near Manchester, so please excuse that. So, hello, I'm Cal. Um, to get the ball rolling with this podcast, we're going to be giving you a little insight in how we became Falcons fans, um, a cover review of the last year, which obviously people not already know about, our opinions on the off-season and the draft picks, uh, also the signings we've made and the expectations for the season ahead. There'll be a regular feature that we will be doing every single week, which is called the worst take. Um, it's a bit of a discussion between two of us, even if we agree or disagree. It's part of the show we'll do right at the end, and we're looking forward to doing it. After this episode, we'll be doing uh, basic general news throughout the Falcons world. Um, hopefully, in the next few weeks, uh, we'll be getting ones every week, and then we'll be introducing guests. And other people, especially ones who follow us, will be, be able to come on the show. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so let's get going. Um, and just before we uh, get into the good stuff, make sure you're following us on Twitter. Our at is at ATL Falcons UK. Um, it's the best place to keep up to date with us on a daily basis. And if you have any suggestions or you want to abuse us about how poor we've been in this podcast, then uh, you can hit us up on there. So, let's get down to it. Uh, so, many people have been asking how we became Falcons fans. Uh, it's not the most exciting story, but it, I'll give it a go. Uh, in short, we had been casual fans throughout a couple of years of, of Super Bowl. Uh, surprisingly, we did manage to miss the 2017 one, but we'll keep it at that. As we are from England, uh, no ties from any teams. Uh, so, we did a few online quizzes. A bit of history into certain teams and actually went through some of the colour schemes, which is uh, <laughs> a bizarre one, but um, it is what it is. Uh, as well as all of that, um, we looked into the stadiums, and we all know there's only one top stadium. Uh, also, the underdog part I've noticed, obviously, being a Falcons fan for the past year, we have major underdogs. Uh, we even noticed it before we became fans, and that was one of the massive parts of becoming a fan of the Falcons. And we are proud to be part of the Brotherhood. So let's get going. Right, we'll stop talking about ourselves now and actually get to what you're all here for, which is the Falcons. So, Cal, do you want to give us a, your opinions on last season? Well, we both know how it both started. Um, I can't actually remember the first game personally. Uh, it was obviously a first game. Was watching it together. I was just finished work, and by the time I actually got to Danny's house, it was 14 0 down after the first quarter. So, as you can tell, 
didn't start well. Um, but then obviously we ended up losing 28-12. Um, but we fought well, it is what it is. It's the first game, anything can happen. Move on to the week after against the Eagles. Um, we actually ended up winning that, which was a, obviously a great result. It was a late kickoff, I think it was 1am over here. Uh, one thing I remember from that was Jones's class touchdown. Uh, one of the best I've seen of last season. And I think Danny will take you on to the next couple of games, which everyone knows where it's going. <laughs> I mean, in an ideal world, I'd rather not talk about the next games at all. Um, I think we lost six on the bounce after this, um, but the following three after that match were all AFC South matches. If I remember correctly, we played against the Texans and we were leading at halftime, yet somehow managed to get absolutely spanked 53-32, which, well, to be fair to them, they're a brilliant team, but at that stage in the season, we shouldn't have uh, taken a result like that. It just got worse and worse. Um, results to Cardinals which are a team that were really struggling themselves anyway and have been for a handful of years and then of course Bryant missing the uh, last minute conversion which pretty much ended his career back at the Falcons after being brought in to replace another kicker already um, it did get better eventually and uh, it shouldn't have happened but it came in after the bye week in week 9 I think it was against the Saints so we'd come in one and seven, and they were one of the top teams in the league. They'd scored, I think, over thirty points in the last five games, or something, or five out of the last eight games, or something along those lines. And I have not got a clue what happened to our defense, but somehow we broke through in sack threes about six times, which was absolutely insane to watch. We held them to about three field goals throughout the game, which is just absolutely insane, and. Not only is the 26-9 result an absolute massive win, Brian Hill and players that were barely in the squad at all at some points were getting yards and touchdowns, which is just all you can ask for. Um, I, I, that, that's, all, that's all I need for that one. That, that was the moment that I felt proper passion for the Falcons after the first, like, with it being our first season, so I can't complain at all. On to the next game, which was the Panthers. Uh... Obviously, another divisional game. Um, after coming back from the, the our set only our second win against obviously our main rivals, um, we won twenty nine three against the Panthers and kept them to scoreless for forty seven minutes before they actually got three points on the board, which could think was well obviously an awesome game and awesome time, especially with our defense how it was throughout the whole season. Um, so that was obviously a cracking game. And then we moved on to the Bucks, and it was another high-scoring game, thirty-five to twenty-two. Not not what we wanted at all, considering two divisional games we actually played very well in, deserved to win, and then you're letting another thirty-five points in against another rival, which wasn't the best. Um, the week after was back to our main rival again. Danny can take you on back to on this one. Yeah, so again, it was against the Saints, um, and we got beat, but it was a pretty pretty tight one, to be fair to us, considering our form throughout the season. It was 26-18 to the Saints, um, and it was the match where Koo got kicked for three 
successful onside kicks, which is just not even a thing nowadays, which is why they were looking at changing the rule about onside kicks, I presume. Um, but then again, like I said, the result the result's one of those. It, it's bitter, it's bitter losing, but when it's your rival and they've been brilliant all season and you've been up and down, you can't expect much different. Pops uh, of the week after was back to the Panthers. As you can tell, we played four, five divisional games in a row. Uh, I always think the schedule is quite up and down, especially this year anyway. Uh, but back on winning terms and one of our highest scoring games, we scored 40 points and only conceded 20, which was basically below our average as well. Uh, one of the exciting games, a high scoring game. But the most exciting, personally for me, was an NFC West game against the 49ers. Obviously, the team that ended up reaching the Super Bowl, uh, it was by far the most exciting for myself. Uh, I think it was not long left in the game where uh, Matty Ice threw it to Hooper and we obviously even ice cream at 1am in the morning <laughs> thinking it was a touchdown um, and then it got overruled which was obviously like a bit of a, a downer. Started again on the plate and then uh, Matty Ice straight to the jet. Um, literally, even I thought, oh, is it in, is it not? And I've seen 49 players celebrating, thinking, oh, God, that's over. <laughs> and then, boom, review, and we ended up winning it. And even after that, we obviously did an onside field kick and they started it obviously throwing it about and they fumbled it and we actually scored another touchdown. So to actually beat one of the best teams throughout the year and in an exciting fashion as well was my highlight of the season, bar none. Just to jump in there, I am wounded because I missed the majority of that match because I was in work really early the next morning so I got the first half out of the way which was alright but obviously missed all the drama, woke up, checked my phone and checked Cal's text and it literally lost the plot, it absolutely lost his mind. So, I'm wounded about that one. Um, but all in all, I mean, we finished the season 7-9, and nine, same as the year previous. Not brilliant, especially with what we were hoping for at the start. I know we had injuries, but that's what your squad's there for. They should be carrying you. Um, we're looking forward to this season more so. We've got new players lined up, good draft pick. So, I think um, we'll jump right into that now, if that's all right. So, let's get going with the draft picks, obviously. Pick 16 in round 1 was AJ, AJ Terrell, uh, round 2 was The Beast, Marlon Davidson, which was pick 47. Pick 78 in round 3 was Matt Hennessy, pick 119 in round 4 was Michael Walker, and then we had another round 4 pick was 134, which was Jalen Hawkins, and then round 7, which was 228, was Sterling Hoff Richard, if I've said that right. <laughs> we'll call him the Hoff. Uh, so we'll start off with AJ Terrell, obviously a cornerback, which is obviously what we needed with Truth and Truth and moving on. Uh, overall, he's, he played for the Clemson Tigers and had an overall great season. Uh, he got to the championship even though they lost it. Uh, I think a lot of people have been judging him on one game, which was that, but it's hard to just judge someone off one game overall. We've watched highlights where he looks like he's had a great season overall. Um, Daniel, moving on to the Marlon Davidson. I'm going to drop his stats, but I don't think his stats are anything to do with the person that we've we've got on board. So, 7.5 sacks, 49 tackles, 
uh, 19 of them solo and forced two fumbles, but none of that to me matters at all. I don't know if any of you saw the interview, I presume you have by now, um, pre-combine, where he was asked why he loves playing the sport and why he loves the sport, and Marlon's legitimate answer was he loves being able to step on the field and beat a man as many times as he wants without the police getting involved. And I know that sounds mental, but that is the best mentality that I could ever imagine to have. And it, him alongside Jarrett is just going to be absolutely unbelievable. He's got, he's got one of the best people in the sport to learn off. And honestly, I just, I just, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for his person. And I'm excited for everything about it. Um, I think Cal will pass you on to Matt Hennessy now, though. Matt Hennessy is obviously a centre, which is with Alex McLear, who's one of the best pros probably ever lived for the Falcons. He's such a team player. He's very underrated, I would say, but he's a very humble guy. Um, he might only have a couple of years left, but Matt will be learning off one of the best. And also what uh, our coach said, Dan Quinn, was that he could be playing left guard or at least challenging for that spot, which we obviously will help him throughout his throughout this year especially, and then he'll move on to centre in the next couple of years, which will be a big haul to him. Sorry about that. As you can tell, I'm still quite nervous with it being our first <laughs> podcast. Uh, it was a hole to fill, which, which it will be. Uh, Matt's been a great pro throughout the years, and we're excited to see Matt learn off him. Uh, Danny can do the last couple. I, actually, just jumping back to talking about Matt then, um, I watched a video on the Falcons YouTube this morning, actually, talking about Mac and Arthur Blank has said a line saying that Matt Ryan plays much better when he's upright and not horizontal, which I think is absolutely brilliant. And Mac's been responsible for a hell of a lot of that over the years. So I think credit where credit's due with Mac. Um, we could go through all the other draft picks, but I'm sure you've heard all about them a million times over. So I'm just going to get excited myself instead. Todd Gurley, absolutely unbelievable signing. In his 2019, which everybody counts as an off year for him, he still managed to drop 857 yards, which by his standards is poor, but by ours, I'd take that, and 12 touchdowns on top of it. Considering last year that we didn't have a massive spread of people getting in the end zone, I think that he's just going to benefit us unbelievably. Our run game's not been brilliant for a handful of years now. And even though I don't think Gurley will play every single match, I'm going with maybe 12 along those lines. We've got a nice little spread of other players now that are going to be able to to jump on board and, and take some of the load off him. So there's not as much pressure. He's not aggravating an injury. Even though people talk about this injury all the time, he's played 15, 14, 15, 16 matches for the last four years. It's just the potential is still there for him to buckle, of course. But I could not be more excited about this guy if I wanted to. Absolutely class signing. Um, I'll let Cal take one of our signings, Matt. Um, I'll go on to Hayden Hurst, who is already a legend in our eyes, considering he's liked a couple of our tweets, <laughs> which is obviously a massive thing for to happen. Um, obviously, last year he didn't play loads, and his stats say the best, but I would say because he was at the Ravens, obviously Lamar Jackson, who is quality, Absolutely quality, but obviously with his running game, Hayden Hurst, I wouldn't say was made 
the most out of, uh, with obviously Matt Ryan behind him, he loves a good tight end, I'm sure he'll be flourish this year. Uh, just comparing to Tom Hooper's stats, he's basically far from each, like receiving Hayden Hurst got thir- received 30, and then Target was 39, Hooper's was 97 and received 75, but and he only scored four more touchdowns, Hooper was obviously a great professional for us, but I'm sure Hurst can improve on that and be a great signing for us. I'll take you on to Danny Wolf. Talk about the next quality signing we've made. Let's go for Dante Fowler. I do not understand how a player of his quality has just dropped from the Rams to us like that. It, I mean, his fitness record's brilliant. He's played practically every match for the last four years. I think he missed one in 2018. But he dropped 11.5 sacks last year. That is a class statistic for a defence that heavily, heavily struggled our offence last season was actually, I think it was in the top four when you look at the stats, but our defence is just, it struggled like hell. And I think a man like that is just going to be able to change our game entirely. There's a leader in there for the younger players to learn off. Of course, we've got draft picks that are going to be jumping in around him. So yeah, I think it's just a perfect signing for us. And you need that kind of experience and mentality to uh, want to win your matches. Um I don't need to say any more about him, that's, that's all I've got. Counts. And to Laquan Treadwell, he's uh, not been, well last year wasn't, not even, he's hardly played, he's been judged off uh, a couple of seasons which he, honestly has not been the best, but I think with the people you can learn off obviously Jones, Ridley who's improving every season, I'm sure he'll, be, he'll take a bit of pressure off them, maybe even when Jones has got two guys on him. Uh, Treadwell might only have one, which obviously opens space up for more yards down the pitch. Um, but look forward to seeing him. I can't judge people off playing for another team when you've got Matty Ice Jones to learn off. Uh, I'm pretty sure he'll do well and help the team to success this season. All in all, I'd say it's a, a pretty good off-season, especially by our standards. I know we've had a rough couple of years, so I think that I'll... Uh, I'm, I'm definitely happy with the signings that we've made and everything like that, so... I think we should be cautiously optimistic because we all know what the Falcons are like. We can be high one minute, we can be really low the next, but we've made some good signings, got a lot of morale in the squad, got a lot of leaders in the squad, and I think we should be pushing pushing this year, which takes us into our next section, which is our season predictions and expectations for next year. Cal? So let's get going. Uh, we've both said we should be hitting a 10-6 especially the last two seasons, uh, and pushing for the playoffs. So I've been pushing, we should be at least getting a wild card spot in my eyes. Uh, we all know what the schedule's like. It's not an easy one. But if you want to win a Super Bowl, you beat the best. That's the end of the discussion. Uh, you want to add anything to that, Danny? Like Cal just said, if you want to, if you want to get that ring on your finger, you've got to beat every team along the way. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. You've just got to look at yourselves, focus on your own abilities and things like that, and you'll you'll take everyone else out of the way en route to it. Um, I do think there's a lot of players that need to step up this year for us to be able to perform at such a high level. Um, of course, our on an injury front so far, and touch wood, everyone's fit, healthy, we've got a full squad. But my man to watch out for this year is 
the obvious Julio Jones. He's hit 1,400 yards for the last X amount of seasons, apart from last year where he was four yards short or something. So this year, I'm going for a, a 1,500 yards, I reckon. I reckon he's going to eclipse what he's done before. And I'm expecting a double-digit touchdown season from him. He's got... Matt Ryan's got more targets and more players, which means teams' defences aren't going to be able to just focus on Julio because we know he always gets a two-man coverage. So I think that this is Julio's year. He's been brilliant and he is the best wide receiver in the league, but this is the one where he's, uh, he's going to show any doubters that they're very, very wrong. Moving on to Ridley, which is he's only been two years and his stats are immense. He's obviously missed... Was it three games last year, I think it was? Sorry, yeah. um, but I think this year he could easily hit a thousand touchdowns. Who? I wouldn't say a thousand touchdowns. <laughs> great in that Super Bowl. Um, a thousand yards without fail and ten touchdowns again like his first season. Um, he's he's improving so much and obviously learning off the best every day. Um, there's a few videos online then obviously we know what change rooms like but the the chemistry between them two looks so good, um, and it's just going to keep improving, improving. Um, and on to Gurley. Well, <laughs> we all know what the injury affected him like. Even though we still pushed twelve touchdowns last year, which is class. I think we managed eight or nine with our running backs last year. So even if you hit ten and ten to twelve, and we obviously have E. O. Smith, Hill. Um, Allison to push a couple in. I think our running game has to, well, it has to improve. There's no like no argument about that. Um, but even if Gurley got up to twelve games, thirteen games, and, pre- and we got into the playoffs, I'm sure we could. He would have a big season, and I'm looking forward to seeing him play in a Falcons shirt. I definitely agree with that one. Um, as for our schedule, like Carl mentioned earlier, the only thing I am wounded about is the fact that we don't play the books until really, really late on in the season. I was hoping for the opportunity to knock their hype right down, maybe week two, week three or something like that. I was hoping they'd get a couple of wins, come against us, and then we just absolutely pepper them. But I think we'll have to, I guess we'll have to settle for the last, uh, playing them twice in the last couple of weeks, which is, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. But it could be season changing, so it, we really do have to focus on those games. I know we've got a lot, lot to go before then, but it could come down to the wire with these games, in my opinion. I just do think that our division is going to be that close this year. I don't think the Saints will walk away with it like they have done for the last couple. I think that all four teams, to be fair, because even the Panthers themselves have made some brilliant signings, changing coaching staff and things like that. So I think I think it would be wrong of us to write them off entirely. Um, well, as Danny said, I think it's one of the, by far one of the strongest divisions. Um, obviously, strong divisions throughout it, but with the extra place this year, I'm pretty sure it's been confirmed. We could have three teams in the playoffs, um, which obviously would be class for us, and we should definitely be one of them. As Danny mentioned, obviously the schedule with the later rounds. Uh, later rounds, we've got obviously the Bucks twice, the Saints twice in the last six, seven weeks. I'd say by, by our bye week, we should be more wins and losses, or the pressure's obviously going to be stacking upon the coaching staff. Uh, overall, I'm looking forward to the season and can't wait for the first game against the Seahawks. I am ready. Um, right, let's move on to the 
Let's do the fun bit. So, in about 30 seconds, you're going to hear a very, very catchy jingle, and that means it's the start of our worst take of the week section. As Cal said in the intro, this section is a unpopular opinion that we've heard in on a podcast or read in an article or received through our Twitter, and we're going to debate it out, why it's right, why it's wrong. Me and Cal might argue it out sometimes, but at the end of the day, we are both Falcons fans, so... We only want the best for the team, so let's get that going. Just before we do our worst take, uh, we just want to do a quick bit on who do we think will be reaching the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously the Falcons will be there, so, <laughs> but if he wasn't to make it, I would be saying the Cowboys, just because they've had a, a very good draft, uh, the team is very good overall, and I just feel like they've been pushing. And then it's got to be the Chiefs again, you can't go against Mahomes as... He's the best. Yeah, he's unbelievable. <laughs> and we cheered for him last year when he was in the Super Bowl. Uh, I think Danny will go on to his. Um, like Carl said, if it isn't the Falcons, which it's going to be, so this is just hypothetical, but um, I, I'd back the Ravens. Um, I know they started in the playoffs last year after being incredible all season, but they're just so good to watch. I just I can't see past them at all. On either, on either side of the divisions, I just can't see past them. So... Uh, yeah, that, that'll do us. Worst take time. So, my worst take of this week, and it might not be a worst take for everyone, but is I've seen a lot of people saying that Dan Quinn has to go if the Falcons are not successful this year. I'm going to pass you on to Cal first because I think he, he agrees with this in part, but I'm just very against it. I feel like even though it was our first actual Falcons season last year, I love Dan Quinn even after the season. I mean, even though we, obviously we all know how the first half of the season went 1-7, but, and then the second half was obviously miles better, miles better. But he's been here five years and obviously everyone knows what happened in 16, 17 season unbelievable I've still not watched it back and I still will never be watching it back <laughs> um, the season after we obviously reached the playoffs again which is obviously a great thing but the last two seasons Arthur Blank doesn't want another 7-9 season he wants a positive season I don't think he even wants a positive season he wants a playoff season and that is what we need I love Dan Quinn I think he's a great coach and his attitude is what we need. The celebrations on the touchline is one of the things I love about him most. You see a lot of coaches are not very... They're obviously into it, but I love the wild celebration. He gets into it. He gets into the players' faces, that's what I like to see. But if we do not reach the playoffs or reach the wild card round, I would say it's time to go. What's your see, 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 for me, I, I, I get your points, but... I'm a man of commitment. I don't know if any of you are into football, uh, soccer, for you, any Americans out there, but I'm a Manchester United fan, and they had Sir Alex Ferguson for longer than I've been alive. And for me, that's how a club becomes successful. I see Dan Quinn as, yes, he's been successful. Yeah, he's had a few seasons of a stutter, but he's rebuilding. He's had injuries. He's been unlucky with his squad. He's reshuffled his coaching staff a few times to try and figure out who calls best where. And I just, I think give him the time, give him the time. After this off-season with our draft picks and the signings that we've made, I just cannot see how 
you wouldn't want to keep in. Even if we didn't make the playoffs this year, but you can keep hold of the majority of these players for another year, there's success just around the corner. It's definitely coming. Like Cal said, and I do share his opinion on that, Dan Quinn is a great man. He's clearly a proper man-manager. Every player loves him. All the dressing room videos that they post after games and things like that, they're all for him. It doesn't look like anyone in the squad isn't playing for him. So to me, even if we struggle again, I mean, I'd want a positive outcome, but even if we don't make the playoffs, I'd probably still give him another opportunity just because of who he is and, and where he has taken us, even though he's struggled for these last two years. It's not all on him. There's a whole, there's a squad of players, there's coaching staff. I mean, who turns a wide receive, a wide receiving coach into a defensive coach? And it works. We turned from a a one in seven before the bye week to a six and two after the bye week. And that is partially down to him. He shuffled everyone around. He restarted, he refreshed. If if you started this season at six and a two and then struggled a little bit, how I don't see how you wouldn't think that this is the man for the job. Would you reckon there'd be you saying you obviously would keep in which I don't agree with if we don't make the playoffs, but if we ended up with like same season for a seven nine again or even less would you change your opinion would it have to be at least a an eight and eight a nine seven maybe i, I think for me that would depend on how that happened so if if it happened in a perfect season so there was no injuries everyone was fit squad was playing in like in its fullest and we still dropped to seven in nine I'd want to see how he'd react. So I wouldn't pull the trigger straight away like Blank hasn't done for the last couple of years. I'd maybe see if he adapts his coaching staff again, if he changes his style of play. Because, of course, he he's comes from a defensive background. You'd think that that's where we should be emphasising. But somehow we're, we're an offensive team. Our defence has been poor. Uh, so if everyone was fit, I, I, I get what you're saying. It'd be hard to... It'd be hard to justify keeping him on, but uh, but for the person that he is, I know that he could recover from that situation. We've seen it before. We, how do you recover from a Super Bowl loss? You hit the playoffs again, and yeah, we didn't make it all the way that time, but not many teams have the mentality or have a manager that has the mentality to be able to carry on going after such a massive, a massive low. I completely, yeah, I do get that, uh, but I think it's more... I've always said it, which is probably a lot harsh and a lot of other people's opinions is if we don't if we get to the bye week and he's not if we're not on a positive win ratio, I would say it's a, it's a good time to get rid. I wouldn't I would never want to get rid of coaches. I've been an Arsenal fan for my life. We had Arsenal Wenger in charge for so many years. Obviously, he was a great coach, etc. And then the last few years, obviously, it was time to go. But Overall, it's a results business, and I feel like if he, if we, like I've said, if we don't reach the playoffs, he's got to be gone. But if we're also halfway through the season, and you say the team's not working out, but there's still a chance to reach the playoffs, it could be still a good time to get a new coach in then. Um, but it's all about opinions, and we, have, we both know that won't happen because there's only one way to go, and that is the Super Bowl. And it is coming, believe me, it's coming. I don't know if any of you do follow us on Twitter, but if you do, you'll see I use a line a lot. I think Cal thinks it's cheesy as hell, but I use a, a little bit of you can't run from destiny, greatness is coming sort of thing, because it definitely is. There's so many players in that squad that are 
that are ready for the ring on the finger and they deserve it. You've got experienced pros, you've got young players like Ridley that are ready for it. They're definitely about to step up to the next level. So, I also feel, sorry, I feel for our squad, what a lot of people have said as well, is, is especially offensive, it's one of the best, obviously, to prove last year. But, you know, obviously, the, the old line can improve and Matt doesn't get sacked. 50 plus times. <laughs> Our defence improves overall, which we've got to be. We're pushing, pushing the Saints all the year, all, all the way through the year. Can't see us not getting the playoffs, but that's obviously we're on Falcon fans, we're obviously going to be biased. <laughs> Apart from when we look on Twitter and a lot of people actually said, why have you become Falcon fans? <laughs> that was literally from day one. Uh, but as mentioned many times, we love an underdog. We love the excitement, we love the fan base already. We can't wait to come over. The stadium is the best the in best. the world, I think, of any sport. It's Literally immense. any sport. And obviously the Falcons were due to come over to the UK this year. We was absolutely buzzing about it. And obviously with everything going on, um, it's obviously the best thing to do. But it's one thing we'll be looking uh, forward to <laughs> in the future. So definitely coming over to Atlanta and many other stadiums across the NFL in our lifetime. Right, um, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap it up for this first podcast. Um, I'm going to apologise because I know we've been a bit shaky, I know we've stuttered a bit, but it's our first one. We'll grow in confidence. It's just being in front of a camera. Um, it's, one, it's one of those, like, we'll get better at this, it, it's fine. Uh, just a few little things before we do sign off. Um, so if you don't already, make sure you go and follow us on Twitter. Our at is ATLFalconsUK. Um, and just as a little side note, the Falcons actually followed us on Twitter today. Absolutely. We hyped, <laughs> unbelievably hyped. It was the perfect day to do our first podcast because we're both in a great mood. Um, but yeah, so go and follow us on our Twitter. You can get daily updates. We post content all the time. We follow everyone back so we can interact with you all because that's what we're here for. We're not one of these pages that's just going to look at what's going on. We want to talk to you all. Our DMs are always open. We're open to suggestions. We've got a YouTube channel coming shortly. Like I said, these are going to be weekly, hopefully, at some point. Um, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Give us feedback on our Twitter, and that's the only way we're going to be able to improve. I think uh, Cal's got a little last message for everyone, but then we'll uh, sign off. Obviously, we don't want to get into political stuff as well, but with everything going on in the world, um, we just want everyone to stay safe, stay healthy, and look after yourselves. Uh, we're, all part, we're all part of one family, the NFL family, the football family. And thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune into the next episode. Rise up, everyone. Sometimes I be spiritual. I need a bag and a bag of medicinal. I just be praying I don't need that pistol. I pray a lot on a lot of the issues. Fuck all that stressing, you know that it's killing. I need a bag, I just need a million. I got three kids, she might need a billion.